Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. It doesn't really matter what that passion is, but you need to find it and you need to make it so so much an intrinsic part of your being that nothing's going to stop you from achieving it. This is Property Invest Story where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with CEO of CPM Realty, Sam Elbana, who will tell you how to combine education hard work and passion to form success in your journey and how you can utilize a flexible strategy in project management to deal with the ever-changing market. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. So, was there anything that held Elbana back from initially investing into property? Probably not, um, apart from the lack of funds, obviously. But uh, (laughs) probably not, simply because I was too dumb to know the risks. And... You know, and everyone laughs when I say that, but I really think that when you look at a lot of entrepreneurs, when they first start out, they actually don't know the risks um, associated with doing what they're doing. If they were to go back and start again at age 40 or 50, because they know too much, they may not be as successful as they, as they were when they first started. So, uh, no, probably not. I, you know, it, at that age, you, I think most young men are quite fearless. And they think they've got the whole life ahead of them and uh, they don't even think about the possibility of failure. And it goes beyond that as well. As we get older, we tend to have things like wives and children and families and responsibilities. And so anything you've built, you're quite often you're afraid to risk. Yes. <laughs> true. And that holds you back as well. And so, you know, I, I guess that's why one of the reasons why I'm a big proponent of buying off the plant because your initial commitment is quite small and you can continue to save and do all those things you would have only done anyway until completion to build up that equity. And so you don't have that big risk that um, you have by just buying a property that exists today and starting the repayments from day one. It's a way of conditioning yourself over a period of time, I guess. Someone in this situation who wants to start investing in off-the-plan properties can condition their mind through making it their goal and focusing on it. I'm a big believer that your mind is the most powerful tool you have. 
um, and your mindset is critical to your success. So I think the number one thing is, is you have to make a decision, what do I want? It's very simple. Um, I know, like, I do a goal-setting exercise for myself every quarter of every year without fail. have done for as long as I can remember. And I break my sheet of paper into four columns. The first one is, what is my goal? And one of them might be, I want to be able to squat 100 kilos. Who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> what is my goal? The second one, my, my second um, column is always a deadline. By when? So I want to know my goal. I want to know by when. My third column is what is my plan to get there, my blueprint, if you will. And the last one, which is the most important one, is why. I'm a big believer in if you don't have a reason why you want a goal, then chances are you're not going to go and do anything about getting your goal. And it is that you know, absolute desire, need, passion to achieve that goal which gets you there. And even if your plan is flawed, if you have a passion, you'll find a way to get there anyway. In 2000 and I think it was 2005, 2006, I went to see a client of mine and he uh, said to me, hey, check out my car. And it was this beautiful, gleaming car. And, oh, you know, I just went to water. I love this thing. And he threw the keys at me and said, take it for a spin. So I did. And I uh, brought it back and he said, what do you think? I said, look, I've never seen anything like it. It's extraordinary. I came back to the office that day. I Googled it and I made it my screensaver on my uh, computer and I stared at it for five years but guess what I bought it (laughs) (laughs) and now seven years later I still have the same car people say to me why don't you update your car you can buy whatever you like the reality is I don't want another one because that's the car I always wanted (laughs) (laughs) and so by putting it in front of me and believing in it so passionately that I must have this vehicle um, it sort of really woke me up to the point that if you look at it enough and you want it badly enough you will find a way if you just have this flippant, oh, it'd be nice to own a real estate, you know, own a company, or own a property, or own a whatever, but you're not really, you don't really want it. Chances are you won't get it. It doesn't really matter what that passion is, but you need to find it, and you need to make it so, so much an intrinsic part of your being that nothing's going to stop you from achieving it. Albana also advocates the role of a mentor in your life to help you reach those goals. Mentors have also played an instrumental part in his own journey. It's probably inappropriate for me to tell you their names. Um, what I can do, though, is I can tell you that even at my age, I'm 47, I still reach out to those mentors at least every month or two. Great. Um, and sometimes it could be anything as simple as having a cup of coffee and discussing the weather um, to ver- or more very specific things about what I'm planning on doing or whatever the case may be. Because quite often what a mentor does for you is not just a person you talk to about business, just a person you talk to in general, because their pearls of wisdom are there. And um, it's sort of, it, it, it's, it's a real nice buffer too, because they have no emotional attachment to what you're doing. Um, and so whatever they give you is going to be from their heart. And I think it's really powerful stuff. Um, interestingly, as I've gotten older, I've found myself almost falling into that role with other people as well, much younger than me, I would hope. And um, it's something I quite enjoy doing. And... Um, Given that I've been sort of working on this sort of a, um, a system, I guess, to help first home buyers get into the marketplace and the ways that they can do it, I've found myself doing a lot more of that. And I get a lot of pleasure out of it because when you see someone come, come to you with a dream of owning their first home but absolutely no way of getting there because they don't know how to do it and you get them there, it's, you know, it gives you a lot of uh, satisfaction. There are a variety of books he's currently immersed in. At any given time, I have four or five books on my bedside table. Excellent, excellent. I like this. Um 
I read some a quote many years ago that said, if you walk into a wealthy man's house, you'll find a couple of flat screen TVs and lots of books. You walk into a poor man's house, you'll find flat, five flat screen TVs and no books. <laughs> <laughs> very true. And it is very true. So there's a couple of books that I read um, religiously. I mean, I've, I've given away this one of these books probably 20 times now to different friends and staff members. Uh, it's a book by Pickens, um, James Pickens, I think his name is, and it's called The Art of Negotiating Any Deal. And all it is is a very simple book about negotiating. And um, it's very a very easy read. It's only a couple of hundred pages. And I've never given it to anybody who said to me it was a bad book. So that's one I'm reading again right now. There's another book I'm reading right now, uh, rereading, called The Millionaire Mindset, which I'm finding fascinating because when you read a book a second or third time, you will actually read things that you either didn't pick up the first time or forgot that you read. So Millionaire Mindset, I think it's um, a wonderful book. And I've just started reading the biography of Elon Musk. I started oh, that last night. That is a fantastic book and I highly, highly recommend it too. I've read that too. It's, yeah, it's um, amazing. And the books that fascinate me the most are the books that, number one, resonate with me from a business perspective, but also I find, I'm, I'm a bit strange, I find people really interesting. And um, Elon Musk, you know, I didn't know much about him, to be honest with you. I mean, I knew who he was and what he did, but I didn't know anything about him. But now that I've read the first you know, half dozen pages, I'm actually intrigued and I can't stop reading, which is really good. Yeah. Um, you know, the book I'm reading about Bruce Springsteen, well, he's been an idol of mine since I was 14 years old, so I'm reading it. <laughs> and I'm, you know, It's weird, isn't it? But you know, having such an eclectic um, collection of books means that at any given time you can read whatever suits you at that given moment. And it doesn't matter if you're reading a business book, you're reading the Financial Review, or you're reading... You know, postman pat to your children it's quite interesting how at the very least you're improving your vocabulary and you're you're improving your ability to, to speak with other people at the end of the day the best way to communicate with people is speaking to them not text not email speaking to them and um to expand your vocabulary and your ability to converse i think is um, critical to success in any walk of life for sure for sure especially in the field of property as well it's oh most certainly yeah well look at the end of the day Property is a people business. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you are helpful. We are helping people you know, fulfill their dreams of home ownership or investing or whatever the case may be. It's a lot harder to do it without speaking. The best piece of advice he has ever received is centered on maintaining a work-life balance. First advice is never sell. <laughs> All right. um, second bit of advice um, I got was Whilst there is no replacement for hard work, combine it with a bit of knowledge and you might get on your way. And then it went on to say the world is full of un- full, the world is full of educated homeless people. So basically what it was about is, is that education alone will not make you successful. Um, hard work alone will not make you successful. Combining the two with a bit of passion and all of a sudden you're on your way. The big one I got was um, strife for balance. And that is, in my opinion, absolutely critical. There is no point working stupid hours and being miserable in the end of it. You know, we've all seen too many young people pass away or too many young people get hurt or too many people live with regret. So my attitude is, is that um, the advice I got was work really hard but make sure you take some time out for yourself, for your family and look after your health. Very, very important because, you know, ultimately we're doing this so we can have nice lives. Not so we can leave, not so, not so that our kids and grandkids can have nice lives and we miss out. Coming up after the break, Elbana will diverge how project marketing works. 
So we focus primarily on the sale of apartments and townhouses, and 99% of what we do is sold off the plan, which means we're selling apartments that do not yet physically exist. His strategy for success in project marketing we have a plan and a strategy that we execute to the best of our ability, but, but we still have the flex- flexibility to move with the market if things change. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Like what are the property hotspots or how do I start my portfolio? clever ways to renovate and how to make an extra $50,000? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts at the Property Buy Expo in Brisbane on the 26th to 27th of May. Use the promo code PI for a free two-day pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit the website at propertybuyexpo.com.au. Now back to the show. With his expertise in project marketing in off-the-plan developments, Elbana breaks down how it works. What project marketing is essentially is that um, you're an estate agent who sells an entire building of apartments or townhouses um, as opposed to the estate agent that sells you know, one apartment in this building, another apartment in another building and then a house the following day. So we focus primarily on the sale of apartments and townhouses and 99% of what we do is sold off the plan which means we're selling apartments that do not yet physically exist. Um, in many senses, they do not even legally, well, they never legally exist until regist- the strata plan is registered. So what buyers get a chance to do is they get to choose an apartment that does not exist and reap the benefits of any growth in the market that may or may not exist in the ensuing years until it's built. That's what project marketing is, in simple terms. His target market? Well, it's owner-occupiers. When we, we do a we call it our annual autopsy in our office. <laughs> but at the end of every year, we sit down and look at um, what we did right, what we did wrong. And one thing that's come up year on year on year is that if we target owner-occupiers, the investors will come. You don't want to target investors because I'm a big believer in social mix in a building. And so you know, the worst building in the world, in my opinion, to invest in is one where everybody else is an investor. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that People buy on emotion. There's absolutely little doubt about that. You would not go out and buy an apartment you hate the look of. Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's very simple. You would not, um, you know, meet your significant other and fall in love with someone you actually detested the sight of, (laughs) right? And buying a property is very much the same. (laughs) Let's face it, it's a long-term investment. So I guess what I'm saying is is that we always always aim to target owner-occupiers. And as a consequence, you know, I think... This last year, 52% of our sales were to owner-occupiers. Um, the year before, it was about the same, even though we were in a very, very strong investor-driven market. And people keep coming back to Elbana for his services. I always say I'm blessed and I really am. Um, a lot of our developments are with client or developer clients who are old clients, repeat clients, So, which means one would hope that we've actually done a good job for them previously. Um, a lot of the time, we pick up new business as referrals from um, the banks who are funding developers. So quite often a bank will say to a developer, look, we'll finance your construction, but you need to get a project marketer who we know can deliver the goods, get you the sales, um, do it in a certain time frame, etc. And so they end up coming to people like us. Um, and the third way is, you know, I do what I did back when I first started, you know, um, prospecting. For those looking to get into a similar line of work, 
He says it's vital to become a licensed real estate agent and be able to deal with and manage the high volume of properties. You've got to be a licensed real estate agent. You've got to have your certificate of registration if you just want to sell and not list. Um, but you also have to develop an understanding that you are dealing with people who are not the average mum and dad. You're dealing with property developers and you're dealing with banks, you're dealing with town planners. And so you've got to have a more well-rounded uh, approach to what you're doing. You know, for example, if I was to sell your home today, um, I would have a contract for sale that might be uh, 50 or 100 pages. Yeah. A development contract is really less than 250 pages. <laughs> and so I'm a big believer, you need to know what on earth you're selling by reading and understanding that contract. It's a lot more involved. And so everybody thinks it's you know really lucrative. Well, it's lucrative when things are going well. But when things aren't going well, well, it's not quite as lucrative, is it? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but the risks associated are much higher as well when you're doing project marketing because you have one client with 50 or 100 or 200 properties to sell as opposed to 50 clients with 50 properties to sell. So your risk is not spread. It's very concentrated. In the event where there is a slow market, Elbana says you need to have a strategy as well as flexibility. We're big believers in your successes or your failures in project marketing happen at the beginning, not at the end. And so that what that means is, number one, we have the correct marketing. Number two, the apartments are priced correctly. And number three, we have a plan and a strategy that we execute to the best of our ability. But, but we still have the flex- flexibility to move with the market if things change. Um, I can honestly tell you, not every project is a roaring success and sold out in the first two weeks. Um, and some of our developer clients don't want it sold out in the first two weeks. Um, some of them want to take a little bit longer to make sure they're getting the, you know, the right prices and they're meeting the market, et cetera, et cetera. So ultimately, it comes down to planning, preparation, obviously, execution, and the ability to um, be nimble enough to move when you need to move in a different direction. With projects spanning anywhere between 12 months and three years, the ability to manage cash flow comes down to a juggling act. Well, look, it's always a challenge, but um, developers always pay, well, not always, but we will only take on developers where developers pay half our fee uh, when we exchange contracts and the other half when the contracts settle. So that helps with cash flow, but you know, that's why you can't have one project at a time. You've got to have multiple projects at different stages of completion so that you're trying to sort of even out your cash flows as much as you can. A personal habit which Elbana attributes to his success is documenting the answers to questions he's asked of more informed people. Number one is reading. Uh, number two is um, doing some sort of physical activity. And another one I think is is not being afraid to ask. And I have a habit where I will ask somebody who is better than me in, in any sort of field something at least once a week. And I document what they say. Because... One thing you find is that you look back at it in 10 years' time and you think, wow. You know, I remember when I was uh, going through my divorce, he's gone back many, many years ago. I started, I found myself a little bit down, so I started saying, I'm going to create a plan, a blueprint for my life and the rules I'm going to live by. And I lost it. And I came across it a year ago, so yeah, 12 years later. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really interesting reading. And a lot of it was stuff that I picked up from other people that I'd spoken to and they said something and I thought, that's really good. So ask the questions and then document what the answers are. If nothing else, it'll give you great entertainment down the track, but you'll find you'll start living by those principles. Another personal habit which he recommends to do is keeping in touch with people regularly. And the other thing that I'm absolutely adamant about and... I don't do it consistently enough and it breaks my heart is I make a point of reaching out to people or everyone I know at least once every couple of months. And the reason I do that is, A, it's nice to have those friendships, but more importantly, it's nice to know what people are doing with their lives. You might just learn something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
you know, I've often found that when I reach out to people I haven't spoken to for a couple of years, there's so much you've missed out on. And so many times, and I've had lots of regrets, you know, I reached out to someone a little while ago and I said, how's mum and dad? And oh, dad passed away. I was heartbroken because I was really close to them. But because we'd lost touch over a couple of years, it hurt. Do you know what I mean? And I wasn't able to be there for them. That made me feel terrible. So, yeah, so I try to reach out to people, you know, very regularly for no other reason than, hey, it's a good thing to do. But it also is refreshing. And, you know, once again, part of being good at project marketing, being good at investing, being good at anything is keeping your mind fresh. And the best way to keep your mind fresh is have, you know, stimuli from many, many sources. Finally, if Albano met himself from 10 years ago, what would he say? Stop wasting your money on rubbish. Buy more property. <laughs> <laughs> take more holidays. So isn't it funny how very little of it's business related, but it would be about take more holidays, live life a bit, you know, ring up your mum and dad and tell them you love them at least you know, one extra time a week, you know, tell your kids you love them every day, tell your wife you love her every day, little things. Because the more you do that, um, the more life sort of gives back to you. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, as my wife says, have an attitude of gratitude. If you'd like to connect with Albana, the best way to do so is by phone. I'm always available on email, um, by phone at my office, 9247-1299 at 02. But yeah, I'm always contactable. You know, I'm, I'm not always able to get back to people within the hour, but I'll always get back to everyone within 24 hours. Thank you to Sam Albana, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com. Simply type in the search bar, Sam Albana and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.